Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of our podcast. Today we're going to talk about educational trauma, which is a topic that a lot of you have been waiting for ever since we brought it up in the first episode. Um, the reason we chose the word trauma and not memories or bad experiences is because of its long-term effects on you. Mm-hmm. Um, it shapes you. It literally shapes the person you become, the mm-hmm. adult you become. Mm-hmm. But before we talk about anything regarding trauma, we want to say if a quick disclaimer, disclaimer yeah mm-hmm. um the first thing is that we're we're not trying to diagnose ourselves we're not trying to di- diagnose our students not our family and nobody. friends nobody nobody we're mm-hmm. not trying we're not professionals mm-hmm. so we just noticed some patterns mm-hmm. and some sequences that kept repeating themselves in everybody mm-hmm. and that's what we're going to be tackling the second thing is that there's two types of traumas the first being like it refers to an, a sudden experience mm-hmm. something that only happens once Uh, and that's what people usually think about when they think of the word trauma. Like a car accident. Yeah, something example. that only happens once and it traumatizes the person. But we're talking about type 2 trauma, uh, which is a long exposure of something. It's something that keeps happening repeatedly. And that's what happens to children. In school, you don't really see the thing once. You don't see humiliation once. You don't see bad things happening once. You, it, it happens as a series of events. Mm. And that's what we're here to discuss. So in this episode, uh, we'll be discussing a few examples of what can traumatize a child in school. Mm. Of course, we're not going to be talking about everything that can traumatize a child because even we don't know that. Mm -hmm. But these are the most obvious and the most common. The first being is comparisons. Yeah. I despise comparisons. These can be between uh, a student and another, or a class and another. It could even be between siblings. A sibling that you taught three years ago. Yeah, yeah. and the one, the, the bad one that mm-hmm. you're teaching now. Twins. Uh, exactly, twins, mm-hmm. siblings, cousins, whatever it is. And these comparisons can be in behavior or in grades. Mm-hmm. So it could be like, Why aren't you as smart as your sister? Why aren't you as quiet as your sister? Why aren't you as respectful? Or worse, you should learn from her how to be like that. And that creates resentment Mm -hmm. in the child. You start hating your sister. Mm -hmm. You start hating your twin. Oh, this is the good twin. This is the bad twin. This is the funny twin. Don't. They're two individuals with complex personalities. Like what we mentioned in the last episode. Just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we mentioned it as a joke in the last episode when we said you, you have two mediums. You yeah. can't call one the other medium. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, again, you'll have that sort of resentment of why is she the... The first one. The first one, exactly. Yeah, And it, it just creates, like I said, it creates resentment, but it also, it gives you low confidence. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever I do is never going to be as good as whatever my sister did. Mm-hmm. And you just lose confidence in who you are as a person it Mm -hmm. gives it makes you doubtful Mm -hmm. and we can't really tell students to celebrate each other's wins oh exactly when we're teaching them that it's always a competition Mm -hmm. why am i going to be happy for 5c if me as 5d i'm always the bad one you Mm -hmm. know like how how am i going to be happy for them And I'm not going to lie here, like I'm guilty of comparing classes to each other. Yeah. I've done it, especially in my in my second year, yeah. because sometimes you're just overly frustrated. Frustration, and you're like, yeah. You're like, you know what? 8-8 would never do that to me. 
And that stays with them. And that stays with them. And you, we try as much as we can. I try to, yeah. you know, even when I'm comparing the classes together, I try to do it to encourage yeah. the other class and not to just bring them down. But I do, like, I hold myself accountable. Yeah. I think I've done it a couple of times. Because it like, is a thin line between mm, these two things. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Second thing we're going to talk about is unrealistic expectations. And we're talking about performance here. Mm-hmm. We expect the students to perform well all the time. There's no room for error. And here's the thing. They would tell you, Miss, we have two quizzes tomorrow. Please don't give us the quiz on, on Monday. Please. Mm-hmm. And well, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> sounds like a you problem. <laughs> I'm gonna, I have to give you a I quiz. have to. Because my coordinator is yelling at me. <laughs> and, and that just puts a lot of pressure on the student. Yeah. And whenever they complain, we're like, well, you should have done this. And they earlier. have a million class. Exactly. They actually do have a million class. And you know what this does? It just creates pressure. Mm. It adds stress to kids that they're already stressed yeah. and they're dealing with a lot. Teenagers and, and like, let's say kids in grade five and six, they're dealing with a lot. They're tr- just trying to navigate through life. Literally. And then they have... Suddenly they have three quizzes and two projects due by the end of the week. And we, we're not even listening to them. We're not even, even if they're complaining, they're like, again, that's not my problem. I just gave you a homework. You're going to do it. And we I, just... I think it's ironic how there's no room for learning in mm. school. Because, okay, like you said, we expect them to perfect everything. Mm. But they're literally learning how to do things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the irony is like, okay, what are you doing? And even if they do it, you're going to go back to the comparison. Yeah. Yeah? Well, your sister submitted a project. The entire school talked about it. The entire school talked about it. And they're just like... It's just added pressure for nothing. Exactly. And um, since we're talking about unrealistic expectations here, I'm going to mention the third point, which is underestimation but this is related to abilities. Yeah. I expect you to perform well all the time. Everything that I ask you to do, I want you to do it well. But if you want to add something, I'd be like, don't, just don't. Just, just please, just don't. Um, let me explain a bit further. Mm. So students who want to ask more, you're like, that's not really that important. You don't yeah. need to focus on it. It's not going to come in the exam. And that's the key. That's like, that's, that's the key. The that's exam. the reason why you're here. The exam. The it's like we're telling them that we're telling them. Don't learn. Don't learn it. Or you're saying you're not capable of understanding this exactly. point. Even if you are, the whole class isn't. Isn't, yes. And I'm not willing to take that So risk. yeah, you're underestimating their ability to think, their ability to, to just raise questions. Mm. And very important questions sometimes. We just disregard them. And what this does, it's just, again, insecurities, self-doubt, sometimes even anxiety. Because I'm going to tell you something that happened to me personally. I was always that student who wanted to learn more. What about this or what about this? In any class, especially, I remember, especially it was in the science class. Mm -hmm. I'd always have more questions to ask. I was that kid who interrupted the class to ask something. That seemed irrelevant, I guess, to the teacher. Maybe it wasn't irrelevant. She just made me feel like it was irrelevant. And whenever I was dismissed or, you know, I just felt, um, I just felt like, why did I do that? And I questioned myself and was my question stupid? And 
I have something that I think I carried it with me for the longest time, which is sharing. Whenever I want to share, I apologize. I'm like, this might be a stupid yeah. question, but I'm I'm gonna ask. And if it's, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And these are traces from school. Exactly. You carry them with you, and I I like to think that I got over them, but you still carry these traces Sometimes. with you. You're just like, whenever I'm sharing in a session, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm just. You're overthinking it. And then mm-hmm. I raise my hand and then I give them the point and I just think about how I said it, yeah. the way I said it. And and I'm not going to lie, like my heart races sometimes. And I know it started because of school. Yeah. I know why. I'm lucky enough to know why. Some people aren't. Some yeah. people are like, I'm a mess. I don't I, know why. I don't know why. And you know how sometimes it's not even in the context of being professional or workshops and stuff like that. Sometimes I notice this. I personally never had to go through that. Mm-hmm. I'm not... It's not something that traumatized me as a kid because I never talked to begin with. But <laughs> the observant, <laughs> the observant child. <laughs> but I notice it in my friends that sometimes can't even make an order mm. because they're just overthinking. Okay, I relate. Three. Okay, just, you have to okay. write it in the notes. You yeah, say. You, just you, tell them because because that's how deep it goes. Mm. That's how actually deep it goes, and mm. it's just. Teachers cause this without even knowing it. Mm-hmm. Teachers will dismiss you, mm-hmm. underestimate you, and look at you as someone who's an adult. Mm-hmm. Questioning yourself, especially when you're in the presence of people you think are smarter than you. Mm-hmm. You're, you're apologetic of literally thinking, of mm-hmm. having thoughts. And I always say there's no such thing as a stupid, stupid question. And... Even knowing that, I still apologize sometimes for for asking the question because again, I've been shamed for it. I've yeah. been, I've been. Why are you think? Why are you bringing this up right now by grownups? Yeah. And I want to point out here that these things happened from teachers who didn't necessarily hate me. Mm. They they didn't have like, oh, we want to resentment. Yeah. yeah, there's no resentment in it. They're just they didn't have time for it and mm. they're just like dismissive of it. But it stayed with me. Yeah. So, uh, but the thing is, hey, a good teacher. I'm not saying I'm a perfect teacher, mm. but a good teacher can make time for these. Yeah. You're in control. Mm-hmm. You're in control of. Okay, even if you don't have time, just tell them. Um, go research it, or mm. I'll tell you next class. I'll tell you at the end of the class. We can discuss it when we have time. Exactly. You're in charge of your time management, mm. and you're gonna hold yourself accountable. And you acknowledge that question. Exactly. I love where that came from. I love that you thought of it. Mm-hmm. Because I, I truly do. When somebody just raises a question, you're just like, wow, I love because, that. Because if you don't cater to that, you're abusing your authority. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the other point I want to talk about. Abusing authority. Because mm-hmm. it's, okay, asking, not allowing kids to ask questions is depriving them of one of their rights. Mm-hmm. Because again, they're there to learn mm-hmm. and they're there to ask questions. And it's not even it's not even sometimes about asking questions. Sometimes it's about denying them to go to the bathroom, denying them to drink water, to even speak up. Without even explaining why. You, <laughs> Here's the thing. We can do that. We did that. I personally You're did allowed that. to because you're there to discipline. Yes. Exactly, yes. But you have to explain why. Okay, yeah. I'll let you go to the bathroom if you mm-hmm. let me explain this important point. Or you could be like, I will not let you go to the bathroom because last class you went to the bathroom and I know you didn't go to the bathroom because you stayed 
20 minutes outside of a class. Exactly. So the student knows why you said no. There's a reason. No, it's just me telling you no because I'm in power and you're, and not, you're not. And I'm just gonna, uh, I have the authority. And if you question it, you're disrespectful and I'm just gonna abuse I'm, it even more. Exactly. I'm gonna make your life a living hell mm-hmm. because you're now questioning me. Yeah. You're questioning my decisions. Mm-hmm. Me, the teacher, or not even. The, triggered. That's, that's, triggered. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not even just the teachers. It's anybody with power. Any any because, sort of power. Because notice how when you give students just tiny powers, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to leave the class for three seconds and come back. You're in charge. Everybody you, hates that. Everybody student. hates them because they, they embody that mm-hmm. authoritative figure who's going to abuse the power. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to tell you what it to reaches, do. It reaches... To the point where it's bullying. Literally, mm-hmm. it's it becomes bullying because people talk at the students, not, not to, to the them. students. Yeah. yeah, and this becomes toxic in a way mm-hmm. where the school environment. I'm talking about people who aren't students, just mm-hmm. anybody who's not a student. Mm-hmm. They become enablers of bullying. Yeah, and wow. it's. It kills the students mm-hmm. because you don't know your rights anymore. And now there's a barrier. It's yeah. us versus them. Literally. It's, and you hear it from the students. They're yeah. like, oh my God, it's exam time. Oh my God. Now is the time where the teachers have fun. And, and teachers even Teachers are that. like, you know what? I am going to have fun. And it's, it's never what like that. What are we that. doing? It's never like that. What's the whole point of being a good teacher? Exactly. What's the whole point of just being a teacher? Sometimes you have to question yourselves. Mm-hmm. What yourself what are we doing why am i doing this yes and i think for a lot of teachers it's just them repeating what they saw in school whatever the te- their teachers did to them mm-hmm. that that's all they know of being a teacher they don't sometimes they don't do it intentionally it's they not like i'm, I'm yeah. here to give you what i've been through no they think that this is discipline this is it. they think that this is what we go to school and for. they tell you you think this is bad you should have seen school when I was a student. I used to be hit five times. <laughs> what, how is that a good thing? How is it a good thing? Do you think you're okay? <laughs> you're not. I have bad news for you. You're not okay. You were abused. <laughs> so uh, let's just go back to our point. So not only does it, like they, they, don't, they don't even understand their rights anymore, mm. but it kills their critical thinking abilities. Because oh, now they can't for question anything. Yeah. Because I'm not going to question the teacher who's just going to keep yelling and yelling and yelling and sometimes you don't even understand why they're yelling it's just humiliating it gets to a point where it's just humiliation which brings us to the fifth point which is humiliation um it could be shaming interests yeah yelling insulting who they are and what they like what they look like even yeah uh and you see it because it's right in front of you because whoever is being humiliated is always set as an example. Yeah. Mm. I'm humiliating this person so that the others don't do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to yell at this class in front of everybody in the morning assembly mm. so that other classes learn from them. Exactly. Learn from their mistakes. And here's the thing. Um, this is something that happened to me personally. And mm. like I mentioned before, it wasn't by teachers with horrible intentions or people, teachers who hated me. I had a teacher who was, I don't even remember her name. I don't, I just remember this moment because that moment is one of those moments that really stayed with me. And I yeah. still think about it until this day. I was in grade eight and I stayed up all night thinking about this drama club. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, why not? We should have a drama club. And so I went to the teacher and it was the fifth, uh, sorry, fourth uh, block. So after the break, mm-hmm. she was standing and letting the girls in. And I'm like, Miss, I have this idea for you. And I'm so excited to tell her. And I tell her, let's start this drama club. And see, I don't remember the details exactly. I just remember two things. One thing, she mentioned it to the students and everybody laughed. And I had to laugh and be like, oh, so ridiculous. So hilarious. Yeah, I was joking. And then second thing, she mentioned it to the teachers, all of them. Which is like, worse. Do we have time? Like, imagine. I'm L-O-L for and thinking that's a good idea. And no joke, Yusra. From that moment onward, I never shared anything, any suggestion with a teacher. And even when I did, I'm like, this is a horrible idea, but maybe you should. Or worse, I tell it to my friend. I'm like, how about you suggest this? And imagine if like the teacher is like, this is brilliant. And deep down you're like, that was me. That was me, but I I can't really say it. And see, that goes hand in hand with what you mentioned with underestimation. Yes. Because, okay, now I'm anxious to talk. Yeah. Just anxious to talk all the time. And this is what it results in. I'm, I'm anxious and I feel ashamed. I mm. felt shame in that moment. Again, not by a teacher who hated me. She probably doesn't even remember. No, I don't think anybody remembers that incident. But for me, I remember why. Because I know it had a huge effect on how I share things or yeah. what I share. Or with just who do I share it with? And not only you feel anxious and you feel ashamed. But it also stops you from speaking up. You you don't want to speak up because what's the point? I'd rather stay quiet about this specific topic, even if I know more, even if I know enough for me to speak about to speak up about it. I just don't. And there's insecurity. Yeah, you're just insecure because you've been through the underestimation. Uh, you've been compared to other people. There's this unrealistic expect uh, people expected you to perform. You all don't the time. even know your rights. You don't even. And then you have all these elements and you're just like, why do I even bother? I'm just going to come to school. I'm just going to. And see, it's tiny things that see you you get. Nobody only experiences one of these things. Mm -hmm. You experience tiny little things of each. And sometimes, like I said, with the setting example thing, Mm -hmm. sometimes you see it happening to other people. Mm. And that just makes you hate school. You hate every experience that comes with it. Sometimes it just doesn't make sense to you. And you don't even try to make sense out of it. Sometimes it, you know, this is how it is. I hate it. This is how it is. And you don't try to make sense out of what's happening. And sometimes you don't even have names for what's happening to you. Sometimes you don't even know you're being discriminated against. Mm. Sometimes you don't even know that you're, somebody is clearly favoring someone over you Mm -hmm. for something that you can't even control. Which is another point. Yeah, exactly. It's just blatant is that a word yeah <laughs> blatant discrimination miss yusra thank you um <laughs> what's going on where it's it's like i said it's it's favoring someone over someone else mm-hmm. with through with nationalities yeah. tribes race ethnicity whatever, whatever it is, is. yeah and it it's just making somebody feel inferior and that's what i experienced the most mm-hmm. out of all six things that we've mentioned today Mm -hmm. i experienced this the most because like you said you don't even know it's happening Mm -hmm. you just don't have a name for it you don't have a name for it i didn't know that it was discrimination or racism or whatever it is but i just 
I believe, truly believed as a child that I didn't have what others did. Mm. And for the longest time, I believed that I was inferior. And it's still something that I'm still trying to untangle because it resulted in another problem where I'm either overly confident or full of ego mm. or I truly believe that I'm less than somebody. Mm-hmm. There is no balance. I've lost that balance completely due to being discriminated against in school. And did you realize it while it was happening? Definitely or? not. Mm. That's I, that's what I always think you about. You don't see it mm. at all. You know, like fourth grade. Okay, mm. imagine this. I'm eight years old. I'm with my friend. We're trying to join this play, singing, dancing, whatever thing. Mm. And we're not allowed to be a part of it. And lo and behold, why is it? Because we don't have something. So what is it that we don't have? They just tell us that, oh, well, um, you don't have butterfly wings. <laughs> we're like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, yeah, that's true. Just pray to God. <laughs> in I my hope head, I wake up with no, no, the thing is, in my head, I'm oh, like, not literal, not literal <laughs> butterfly wings. I don't have butterfly wings, and that's okay. That's okay. خلاص. I, I, I made peace with that. Mm. My friend goes and tells her mom. Her mom realizes that it's discrimination, that's racism, mm-hmm. and she buys both of us butterfly wings. Aww. We come the next day so happy to school with our butterfly wings. And we walk up to that teacher and she says, oh, well, you are going to stay in the back. How about that? We're just happy. We're just like, yes, let me sing. Let me dance. But in retrospect, I was like, what is that? Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Why did that happen? Mm. Why did it have to happen? Just let kids be butterflies. Like, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. You don't realize that while it's happening. I didn't realize that I was being discriminated against. I truly believed that I did not have whatever these other kids did. Mm. And like I said, I still carry it with me. Mm. And people that know me might say, well, you're confident now and you know your worth and you know you're amazing and beautiful and smart and whatever nice adjective. But you don't know the mental wars that you have to go through mm. to get to that point where you de-traumatize yourself. First, just being aware of it. Yeah. First, just acknowledging that it happened. And that's the first thing. I think that's the first step yeah. that we took towards... And the scariest. Yeah, towards actually making a difference at school. Yeah. Which is, we were aware. Mm. Because in order for you, again, to be that teacher... You need to know what are the things that you need to... What are the cycles that you need to break? Yeah. Yeah, you need to break something. What is it that you need to break? For me, it started with little things like the yelling. That's the worst. I always hated when teachers yelled. And I know sometimes a teacher has to. And I did it too. Every teacher is guilty of it. Because again, discipline. Discipline. You need to yell sometimes. But as a teacher, I made sure that when I was yelling... Uh, I did it to the whole class, never make eye contact with one student and also being aware of my surroundings. Because if you have that one student who flinches whenever you yell, that's something that you need to pay attention to. to. Mm -hmm. Because these are not little things. And again, you're responsible. You're in charge right now. This kid's This kid went through a lot, probably. This is why she flinches. She's going through, let's say, let's say an example. She's going through abuse. And whenever you yell, 
you, you trigger that. You trigger that. Just again, you're not you're not there to change their lives, but at least don't make it worse. Don't give them reasons to just mm-hmm. hate the class even more. Just be aware. Try to talk to connect to that student. Exactly. And again, a simple thing like yelling. This is how it started for me. I was like, I have to be aware whenever I yelled. Again, I yelled a lot, but I'm like, again, it's to eight three. Never yeah. to that one girl in A3. And when I'm trying to discipline that girl, I made sure I notice my tone. Yeah. Because, because here's the thing. We talk about things that we relate to. I hate being yelled at. Mm. For me, it's a trigger. Ever since I was at school. But even now, I still have it now. Mm. And I'm an adult. I should, I should, I owe them the respect. The thing about so, yelling is that it's literally in every single example we've mentioned Yes. It's with the Ooh. abusing authority and the comparisons and the discrimination and the humiliation and everything. It It's in every single thing. And in schools, it's the thing you see the most. Yeah. Because sometimes you just see... Everyone's yelling. Everyone's Even yelling. the students are yelling. Everyone is yelling. And you just, it's 7 a.m. and you have a headache. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it's not even about you and your headache. Yeah. It's much deeper than that. Mm. And you have to check other teachers too. Mm. You check yourself and you check other teachers and you check people who aren't even teachers. And sometimes you can't do all of that. Yeah. Sometimes you have to forgive yourself for not being able to save students. Which is something that I still have a... It's difficult. Yeah. It's one of... Because you think about that one situation that you saw and did nothing about. I could have. I could have. I could yeah. have. But you're right. We talk about forgiveness a lot and it's something that you and I, I think, we shouldn't just preach it. We should, yeah. we should also, again tap into it and yeah. know that we should have just you know sometimes you just can't do much but at least at least you didn't encourage it yeah so you wouldn't hear a teacher yelling and be like yes she deserves it i'm glad you did that you because you're being triggered by yeah. it yeah you see things that are happening that trigger you mm-hmm. and that ha- oh my god hey my first year of teaching it was so difficult to just roam around school because everything was triggering. Mm. You see a, a, a X yelling at Y and you're triggered. You see people not being able to do things and you're triggered. You see students standing outside of class mm-hmm. because they're being punished mm. and you're triggered. Why is... Okay, this is where my role comes in. And sometimes, okay, you do things for students mm. and they think you're depriving them of things. Yeah. But, but you're protecting them. And they sometimes they won't even realize it. Not even in the future. Yeah. Sometimes but they won't. You're at peace with yourself. Yeah, because, because you're like, yeah, I, I broke the cycle. Mm-hmm. I broke the cycle with students I don't even teach. Yes. And for that, I'm grateful. I, again, speaking of students we don't even teach, I, I'm not going to go into detail about this story just to protect the student's privacy. Yeah. But there was a student who was shamed, body shamed by a teacher. This girl is 14 year old. And her, every time I remember the story, my blood boils. Because all I remember was this beautiful confident student just breaking down in tears why because this teacher humiliated her in front of the whole class by body shaming her and it killed me and I don't know the girl very well but I tried to you know just words of affirmation you give her words of affirmation you talk to her you make sure that you compliment her every now and then because you can't change what happened but you predict the long-term effect it will have on them. Which is what we'll be discussing in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Um, in the next episode, we'll be discussing the long-term effects of these 
educational traumas and how they shape you as an adult. Mm-hmm. So uh, tune in. Yeah. And yeah. Tune in for next week's episode because it's going to be something. Thank you for listening. This is with Hay and Yusra. <laughs>